0: What's up, friends? Happy Monday to you and happy May. It is May 1st, 2023. Can you believe that we are already about almost halfway through quarter two of the year? I feel like just yesterday It was quarter one, and now we're almost halfway through quarter two, which, by the way, checking in, how are you doing with your quarter two goals? If you were not yet on track to hit your quarter two goals, and the problem is lying in not being able to get clients and not knowing how to close sales, then, friend, you need to be applying to High Ticket Powerhouse, which is my six-month group coaching program, which is teaching you how to get more high-ticket 101 clients so that you can make more money in your business and have more impact in the world. We are starting June 5th, so you need to get your application in because that is officially 36 days away. Inside today's episode, we have such a juicy topic, but first a couple questions for you. Number one, did you know that there's a psychology behind why your ideal clients will invest in you? Did you know that? And because there's a psychology behind why your clients will buy from you, there is also a psychology behind how you need to pitch, present, and sell your offer. That only makes sense, right? Like if there's psychology behind why they're buying, then we need to use psychology behind why we're selling and how we're selling rather. So inside today's episode, we're going to dive into the psychology of selling and how to understand your ideal client's different buying behaviors so that you can get more clients and close more sales in your online coaching business. I'm so excited for this episode outlining it. I just was like, yes, this is going to be such a great conversation. So without further ado, let's tune in. Okay, friends, so like I said in the beginning, we are officially 36 days away from high ticket powerhouse round two kicking off and your booty needs to be in this container. This is a six-month group coaching program teaching you how to make steady 5K to 10K months in your business by getting consistent high-ticket one-on-one coaching clients without having to run ads and without having to have a large social media audience. And I just did a calculation and so far the students in round one of high-ticket powerhouse have collectively closed over $36,000 and counting. Isn't that incredible? Now imagine if that type of sales was happening in your cohort of High Ticket Powerhouse and you were getting a piece of that pie, okay? And you can by applying to High Ticket Powerhouse. You need to go down the show notes, click on the link to my Get More Clients code. It's my free training. You're going to watch the training, apply to the program, and book your interview call. Better see you there on June 5th, friend, okay? I'm telling you now, 36 days away go send in your application. Okay, so let's dive into today's episode. So, I remember years ago when I was in college. Can you believe? I graduated college in 2018. I'm I'm going to be 30 in 2 years. <laughs> Isn't that wild? Time flies. I remember back in the years of college and I was hearing about people getting business degrees, which I did not get a business degree by the way. I've grown up Around entrepreneurs, my entire life, I've I've heard a lot of business um, language and conversations happening just because I come from a family of entrepreneurs. But I myself never got a business degree. Um, however, I I was hearing people who were getting these business degrees, and it, it it felt like a like a something that came up almost in a pattern where where people would get business degrees, and then they would also either major or minor in psychology, and. The reason that they were doing this was the hopes of using psychology to further their business, specifically in the area of sales. And truthfully, there is truth to this. Like There is a psychology and a science behind the way that people buy and thus by the way that people sell. And if you're an online coach who is wanting to get more clients and close more sales this year, then you need to understand sales psychology, friend. Okay. And you might be thinking, Kami, I did not get into an online coaching business to learn sales. Okay. That's not what I wanted to do. Okay. I hear you. I hear you. I started as a fitness coach. I didn't get into my coaching business as a fitness coach to uh, become this business expert. I was an expert in the fitness and nutrition side. I was not an expert in uh, business and sales. Here's the thing, though, friend if you don't know business and sales, then you're not going to get clients. And if you're not going to get clients, then you can't help anybody transform and your business is going to flop. Okay. Because businesses need profit. So you need to learn how to sell because the transformations that your clients are having and the money that's going into your pocket is happening on the other side of the sale. If the sale isn't happening, then you would better believe the transformation isn't happening either. You need to understand sales and in order to understand sales, you need to understand sales psychology. Now, In the topic of sales psychology, there are a lot of different aspects that we could take to this conversation. We could talk about buying behaviors, which, in fact, is what we're going to talk about today. But we could also have talked about creating urgency. We could have talked about sharing social proof. We could have talked about how to emotionally disarm your potential buyer when they're hesitant and skeptical into looking into your offer, maybe because they've had a bad buying experience in the past, and you're trying to build trust and rapport with them. We could talk about all those things. But like I said, today we're going to dive into buying behaviors, and I define buying behaviors as learning the psychology behind how and why people buy. Now, when it comes to buying behaviors, I usually discuss uh, two separate categories. The first one is emotional buying behaviors. Do you have your pen out? you have a notepad? Are you taking notes? As long as you're in a safe place and you're not driving or exercising or running on the treadmill, then I hope you're taking notes right now because this is things that you need to be implementing into your business ASAP, okay? So like I said, there's there, when I discuss buying behaviors, I discuss it as two separate categories, one of which being emotional buying behaviors, and the second of which being logistical buying behaviors. Now we're gonna discuss both today. Let's start with emotional buying behaviors. Underneath the umbrella of emotional buying behaviors, there are two main types of emotional buying behaviors, okay? There's two types of buying behaviors, emotional and logistical, and now there's two types of emotional, okay? Are you staying with me? So the two main points of emotional buying behaviors is number one, pain point buying. I'm going to repeat that again in case you're like, what did you say? Pain, P-A-I-N, pain point buying which i'll just i'll describe in a moment and goal driven buying let's discuss pain point buying first okay this is when somebody buys your program or your offer to help them avoid or come out of pain okay the 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 reason and the driving force behind why they're handing over their credit card to you is because they are stuck and they do not want to be stuck anymore And this represents most of the population, okay? Most people, I believe, are pain point buyers. Now, I believe this for two reasons, and it has to do with our brains. Uh, Our brains are A, hardwired to keep us safe, comfortable, and alive. Got it. Perfect. Love that and B, our brains are also hardwired to have a nine times more negativity bias. That means that we are nine times more likely to look at a situation negatively than we are positively. So that makes sense as to why most people are buying something to escape pain. Now, that doesn't mean that that person doesn't also have goals. It just means that the driving force behind their decision is to avoid pain more so than it is to reach a goal. They want to get out of the place that they're stuck in, the place that they're, that is really painful for them, more than they want to reach the goal. Got it? Okay, here's an example of that. Um, and I'm, I just crafted... Um, A couple I help statements that are really common in the coaching space. I help statements just describing the type of coaching that somebody does. So I crafted an example of an I help statement that really dives into that pain point buyer. Um, And so this is not my I help statement. It's just one that I crafted as an example. It says I help women overcome painful periods, PMS, cramping, acne, and other uncomfortable symptoms during their cycle. Do you see how every single part of that I help statement was geared towards pain and helping somebody overcome the pain? Like I didn't even say anything about their goals. I didn't say that they wanted pain-free periods. I didn't say that they wanted um, to be just blissful throughout their whole cycle. I didn't say any of that. All I said was overcome the pain and that was it. I didn't discuss goals at all. That's an example of pain point buying. And most people are pain point buyers because of those two things that I just said about our brain. Our brains are hardwired to keep us safe, comfortable, and alive. And number two, we have a nine times more negativity bias than positive. Okay. Now, I did tell you that there were two types of emotional buying behaviors. The first one was pain point. Now the second one is goal-driven buying. This is the exact opposite of pain point buying. So goal-driven buying is when somebody buys your program or your offer, because it will help them achieve their goal. Now, like pain point buying, just just, just how pain point buyers don't necessarily not have goals, it's just that it's not the driving force of their decisions. Same thing is true with goal-driven buyers. It's not that they don't have pain they do it's just that they're more focused on the goal than they are on the pain so this is less common amongst i would say the marketplace Um, in fact of all my students outside of high ticket powerhouse right now we have identified only one student that has an ideal client that is motivated more by their goals than by their pain isn't that fascinating every single other student In High Ticket Powerhouse, their ideal client is motivated more by pain than by goals. That's so fascinating. The psychology, the psychology of selling. I'm telling you people. Okay, so here's an example of an I-help statement that is geared towards goals and completely leaves pain out of the equation, okay? So it says, and again, this is not my I-help statement. This is just one that um, I wrote down for this example. I help entrepreneurs rewire their brain for wealth so they can scale their business and help more people. Okay, are you seeing the difference between pain point buyers and goal-driven buyers? Okay, good. Now, I wanna make a note here before we move on to the second type of buying behavior, which is logistical buying. When it comes to emotional buying behaviors, understand that I believe that most of the population is a, is an emotional buyer in some way, shape, or form. Okay, and you'll understand more about that here in just a moment. But if you just look at the United States, maybe maybe I should just maybe I should rephrase it to just the United States because I think the United States is somewhat unique in the way that we go about living our lives. Um, in in. Contrast to other countries and other cultures. In the United States, I believe that most people in the United States are emotionally driven buyers. I think that that's why people have so much debt. I think that's why people have credit cards that are just maxed out. I think that's why people have these houses that they can't afford, vehicles that they can't afford, why people are living paycheck to paycheck because they got into a spending frenzy. I believe that most people are emotional buyers. Now, I don't want you to to think that emotional buying is bad, although you might be thinking, well, Cammie, House, else do you want me to think about it? Emotional buying is not bad, okay? Just like emotions aren't bad. The Lord gives us emotions, okay? He also gives us logic and wisdom, okay? So, so understand that, it makes sense why both exist why there's emotional buyers and logistical buyers when it comes to emotional buyers i believe that most people in the united states represent emotional buyers like meaning they buy based upon some type of emotion that they feel but and when it comes to emotional buyers the category of people who fall into emotional buyers most of them are pain point buyers okay so do you see all of these different categories that we're creating logistical buyers emotional buyers and in the emotional buyers category there is pain and goal-driven. Most people are emotional buyers and of the emotional buyer people, most of them are pain point buyers. That being said, you can and you should combine both pain and goal-driven language into your pitch. Now, what is your pitch? When you're presenting your offer to your hopeful ideal client, the person that you're hoping is saying yes and, and gonna hand over their credit card to pay you and work with you, The process of you explaining your offer is called your pitch, which by the way, I hope that you have a presentation done. If you don't, that's okay. Join High Dick Powerhouse. I'll show you how to create one. But that is your pitch. I'm gonna restate that again. You can and you should combine both pain and goal-driven language into your sales pitch. Now, with that being said, if somebody were to ask me, okay, Cammy, I hear you. Now, now what kind of like ratio or percentage should I use between one and the other? I would lean more towards pain point language than goal language in your pitch. Use both, okay? Use both because your ideal client's going to have goals. Your ideal client's going to have pain. So use both of them. But when you're creating your sales presentation pitch, most of the language needs to be geared towards helping them overcome pain. Why? Because most people are pain point buyers. Now, again, you don't know how to create a sales presentation, join Head Ticket Powerhouse, apply by getting my free training down below, the Get More Clients code, watch it, apply. Okay, We start June 5th, 36 days away, your booty needs to be in there. Especially if you're somebody that's wanting to sell a high ticket, you have to have a presentation. I'm talking about an actual visual presentation. Do you know that most people are visual learners? I know that the podcast industry is huge um, and rightfully so. Like, like people can learn audibly, absolutely. Like the podcast industry is proof of that. Um, but, But when it comes to information retention, visual like overcomes audible, okay? So you need to have a visual presentation of your offer and you need to nail it down to every single page of knowing how to pitch that thing. I teach all of that inside of how to take a powerhouse. If your application is not in, what are you doing? What are you doing, friend? Okay. Now, let's talk about the other category that we just discussed. Let me grab a drink of water. Okay. I'm getting, I'm in my coaching zone and I'm getting fired up. Sorry. Turns out I'm empty. (laughs) Turns out I'm empty of my water. That's fine. I'll get it after i have done recording. Okay. So we just discussed emotional buying behaviors. Now, The contrast to that emotional buying behavior is logistical buyers, okay? Buying something because it logistically makes sense. No emotion. This is an analytical decision. It is not an emotional decision. It is factually based. It is very numbers oriented and can include um, somebody really making a decision based upon statistics. Do you see why? I said that most of the US population is probably not a logistical buyer because of the state of people's finances are in the country, you know, like, like people have debt. Okay. And if people thought more logically, then we probably wouldn't have the amount of debt that we have. Okay. That's why I'm saying most people are emotional buyers. Now, with that being said, no shame on any of that because I too, I, I'm raising my hand right here right now. I am an emotional buyer. Again, it's not a bad thing. We have emotions, we just have to know and learn how to manage those emotions. I'm getting off on a tangent, we're coming back. Logistical buying. Is buying something because it logistically makes sense, it's analytical, it's not emotion driven, it's factually based, it's numbers oriented and can include um, statistical information. Think engineers and accountants. Okay. Lawyers, those are probably the mindset of people that are really logistical buyers. My husband is, uh, an engineer. The man loves a good spreadsheet. And, um, there are definitely times where he, um, has, he really shows logistical buying behavior. And going back to me sharing with you that, that Lucas exhibits logistical buying behaviors, um, Logistical buyers, if there is one in a relationship, it's usually the man. It is, okay. So um just understand that. If you're if your ideal client is a woman, she's probably an emotional buyer. Now, again, ladies, don't get mad. Like, like it's not bad to be emotional buyers. Most people are. Okay. It's all good. It's all good. Doesn't mean you're emotional, although we do have emotions, so I guess we are all emotional. But I'm just understand, I'm not labeling you. I'm just saying that the trends are that usually women are very emotional buyers if if somebody is a logistical buyer it's usually the man so you might be thinking to yourself okay cammy well my ideal client is a woman so i probably don't even need to include or know much about logistical buying false 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 and let me tell you why even if your ideal client is a woman your pitch your presentation can you guys hear baker snoring in the background oh my gosh he's so cute if you guys don't know or don't follow me on Instagram, which you should, by the way, Baker is our rescue dog and he the, ma- the boy is just snoring away behind me on his bed. Hopefully y'all are not disturbed by that. <laughs> it's kind of distracting for me, so hopefully it's not distracting for you. Anyway, going in. If your ideal client is a woman, your sales pitch still needs to include information that is geared towards the logistical buyer. Why? Because if she is married... And if she makes financial decisions with her husband, and if he is a logis- a logistical buyer, then there is a probable chance that he's going to want to see the logistical breakdown of your program before he gives the okay to go spend that two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten thousand dollars with you. So let me repeat that again. Your sales pitch, your sales pitch presentation needs to include emotional buying behavior, of pain point and goal-driven and it also needs to include logistical buying information why because if your ideal client is a logistical buyer or if she is married to a logistical buyer then either she or her spouse is going to want to see the logistical breakdown of your program before they give the green light to buy so that is the breakdown of buying behaviors now i i um I want to go through some some potential frequently asked questions that maybe you have, okay, as you're listening to this, and uh, because we're deep. We're deep in sales psychology right now, and I think this is such a fascinating conversation. And here's maybe some questions that could be coming up for you. Can someone have more than one buying behavior? The answer is yes, absolutely. I mentioned to you earlier that Lucas usually demonstrates or has demonstrated logistical buying behavior. The man loves a good spreadsheet. He's an engineer. He's very... Logistical and analytical varies number, very numbers based. That being said, a person can have more than one buying behavior. Just like the Lord has given us emotions and He's given us logic and common sense, a person can op. It's more about which state is the person operating in when they're buying. Are they operating in emotion when they go to buy, or are they operating in logic? Okay, so yes, somebody absolutely can have more than one buying behavior for sure. So again, another reason why you need to include a variety of different buying behavior strategies in your sales pitch because people can have more than one. Will improving my sales pitch reduce the amount of objections that I'm getting from potential clients? The answer is absolutely. In fact, friend, the better your pitch is, oh my gosh, can you hear him? He's snoring so loud. When I go back and listen to this, I'm going to have to take a listen. <laughs> That's so funny, yet yeah, distracting. Uh, the question was, will improving my offer pitch or my sales pitch reduce the amount of objections that I'm getting from potential clients? And the answer is yes. The better your pitch and the better your offer, by the way, which I teach both of those inside of High Ticket Powerhouse, how to create an offer that is so good people would feel silly saying no to it. Um, th- that is a tribute to Alex Hermosi from his book, $100 million dollar Offers. He talks about that. Um, yes, the better your offer and the better your sales pitch, the less objections you're going to get. If you're getting objection after objection after objection after objection, if people are saying no to you over and over and over and over and over. You probably need to make improvements to either your offer, your sales pitch, or both. Okay? Um, last question that perhaps you have. How do I know if my ideal client is predominantly a pain point buyer, a goal-driven buyer, or a logistical buyer? The answer is market research, which is something that I teach you how to do inside of High Ticket Powerhouse, um, how to research your ideal client, how to go out and interview them, how to gather and collect information, and how to generate leads from it and make sales, how to essentially gather more information about your market audience so that you know What drives them to buy? And then you can gear the language and the marketing and your sales pitch to match that. Um, So market research is one of them. And you also confirm, you know, somebody's buying behavior during your sales process when you're on the phone with them. Which again, I teach you how to do inside of High Ticket Powerhouse and go apply. We start in 36 days. So friend, if you're selling High Ticket or want to sell High Ticket, okay? If you're currently uh, either not making sales at all or you have an offer, but it's just not selling, or if you're trying to sell like a $47 ebook and it's just not working, if you either are want are currently selling high ticket, but it's just not going well, or you're wanting to learn how to sell high ticket, you need to nail down these buying behavior strategies. Why? Because when you're selling high ticket, okay, if you're an online coach, you need to be selling high ticket, by the way. I have another le- uh, another episode teaching you why you need to sell high ticket. I don't have time to go into it right now, but just know you need to be selling high ticket. If you're starting off right now and you're selling like $24 eBooks, do you know how many eBooks you're going to have to sell to make a big enough profit to grow your business? Like let's, we got like, let's get more bang for our buck here and charge higher, give more quality service and get the ball rolling in our business faster. When you're selling high ticket though, which is an offer that is $2,000 or higher, When you're selling something for multiple thousand of dollars, multiple thousand thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars, your ideal client is going to take so much more consideration into their buying decision than if they were making a purchase, maybe say a forty-seven dollar ebook. Why? Well, for the same reason that when you stopped through Starbucks this morning in your drive-through, you didn't even think twice before you paid the lady five dollars and forty-seven cents for that grande latte. Okay, you didn't think twice. Hey, you probably didn't pray over the decision. You probably didn't ask God for wisdom. You probably didn't text your husband, seeing if you know your your bank account could handle it. Why? Because it was a low ticket decision. It, it, whether you got the coffee or not, it really wasn't going to make much of a difference in your life or your bank account. When you went to go buy your house or your vehicle, now that was a high ticket decision, a high ticket purchase too, because thousands and thousands of dollars in the l- were on the line and what you were buying had massive value and an opportunity to change your life in a wild way. So you took way more consideration into that buying decision. The same is true when you're selling high ticket. When you're selling something for thousands of dollars, your ideal client is going to take a lot of consideration. They're gonna try and turn over many, many stones, looking for more information and looking for the right answers to take into consideration with their buying decision. And you need to have all of those answers ready to go and in your pitch. I teach all of this to you inside of High Ticket Powerhouse, how to create an irresistible offer that is so good, somebody would feel silly saying no to it, how to craft a pitch that will have your potential client agreeing to pay you $2,000, $3,000, $4,000, $5,000, even $10,000 to work with you, and how to get more clients. Okay, And I guarantee you, in a legally binding document, because I don't play around, I guarantee you that by joining this group program and actually applying yourself and and, and following the steps of the program, I guarantee that you will two times your investment. Go apply. Click the link down in the show notes. Okay. Get my free training. It's called the Get More Clients Code. Click that link. Watch the training. There's going to be a button there for you to apply to the program. Click the button. Apply. Book your interview call. And I'll see you there. Love you, friends. Hey coach, thanks so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you got exactly what you needed to hear, even if it stung a little. Every week, I am committed to showing up here on the show and bringing you not one, but two value-packed episodes to help you grow deeper in your faith, build a profitable coaching business, and become an absolute powerhouse at getting high-ticket coaching clients online. And the number one way that you can support the Bible's Babies and Business podcast is by taking 30 seconds to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and then share this show with a friend. Thank you for partnering with me to get these episodes out to as many online coaches as possible because the world needs more powerhouse women building online coaching businesses for the kingdom of heaven. I appreciate you, I love you, and I'll see you in the next episode.